feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. Parked the league up for a week now, and um, the challenge now is to get them rested and uh, ready for a big quarter-final match on Wednesday. It'll be tough. We've got the squad to deal with it, but it's an opportunity for us to get into a semi-final. That's got to excite you if you're a Rangers player. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant. Sheen. It's a great skill he has. You know, going and attacking the ball like that. He did it both ends of the pitch, and now he's growing in confidence. And um, he loves the club, and he knows what it means to him. The Home Radio Football Show with Rob McLean, Craig Moore, and Stephen Craigan. With OPC Energy Limited, the renewable energy specialists. Call 0808 17 17 700. Ranger striker Alfredo Morelos could be facing a two-match ban after being cited for violent conduct at Tannadice on Sunday. He was yellow-carded at the time. The Premiership pace-setters Rangers bid tomorrow for a place at Hampden in the League Cup quarter-finals it is when they play St Mirren in Paisley. We'll hear from Stephen Gerrard about Morelos and St Mirren and his emotional tribute to his old mentor Gerard Houllier who has died. Uh, also, reaction to the Europa League draw yesterday which paired Rangers with Royal Antwerp what do you think of that will Rangers march on in Europe it's a big week for Celtic with the Scottish Cup and a quadruple treble up for grabs on Sunday and the chance to build on their back-to-back wins will Neil Lennon stick with his new look selection uh, which has helped Celtic turn the corner and the League Cup is not just about St Mirren and Rangers Livingston play Ross County uh, tomorrow and tonight's two quarter-final which are just a couple of hours away see Alloa tackle Hibs and Dunfermline play St Johnston welcome to the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited Rob McLean here with uh, Craig Moore and Stephen Cragen in the studio and Andy Walker will be joining us in about 20 minutes time so let's get started immediately with the the big breaking news uh, in the last hour or so that uh, Alfredo Morelos is facing a two-game ban after being cited for violent conduct after the game against Dundee United on Sunday, which Rangers won, of course, by two goals to one. He was booked uh, by Stephen McLean uh, for a collision with Mark Connolly in the first half of the match. But that has now been upgraded to violent conduct after it was deemed that Morelos' forearm struck the defender's face out of sight, it says here, of the official. If found guilty by a three-man independent panel at a hearing on Thursday, Morelos will be suspended. Craig Moore, what do you think? The interesting part there in that thing was uh, for the referee out of out of sight. Yeah. I was trying to uh, remember the, the referee's position. He obviously seen something um, to obviously uh, stop the stop the game and, and issue a yellow card. Um, and that only looked likely to be an elbow. Um, and therefore, if it was the elbow, it, it should have been a straight red card. Um, but well, I'm just I'm just looking at the the pictures just uh-huh. now, and Stephen McLean was in the centre circle, and it looks from uh, from the wide shot I was looking at that he was maybe about 25 yards away, mm. 25 30 yards yeah. away in the centre circle. The way 
the referees work their run. You know, they work corner to corner, eighteen to eighteen. The whole point of having the fourth official is that he can see anything that is on the blind side of the referee. So the way you're describing it to me, he was possibly on the blind side of, of Alfredo Morales. He, he would have witnessed Morales jumping into the challenge. Yeah. Whether he saw the second movement of the elbow or the arm, whatever it may be, is debatable from what you're describing. I can't remember his position. Yeah, so but I think he's probably going to be behind, behind him and about 30 so yards away. So the whole away. point of having a fourth official is that he is side on in the halfway line and he is looking right at the two players. Mm -hmm and the referee will be behind. So he then has a responsibility. Between the four of them, they've got it wrong. And this is where referees, uh, referees assistants and fourth officials have to be culpable for missing incidents like this. This was the whole point of having a fourth official because they yeah. influenced the game. Willie Collum, uh, Joe Shaughnessy earlier in the season, uh, St Mirren against uh, Ross County. Joe Shaughnessy had a late tackle on Ross Stewart and Willie Collum decided from the from the fourth official's position that it should have been a red card because the referee similarly was standing behind the incident. So, so, so the thing, so and the finger sometimes gets pointed wrongly then at the referee, referee because yeah. actually there are four of them, and between the four yeah. of them, on most occasions, I mean sometimes it's it's just unlucky you, you're yeah, blo yeah. you're blocked you're blocked off, but but between four you're, you're getting four different angles, aren't you? I mean the, the far side ref the linesman's got no chance, no but, chance. But you've got the assistant on the main stand side at Tanadice who who couldn't have been that far away from it, and the fourth official and, as well. And and it shouldn't look it, it shouldn't have been missed. You're right. I mean their team. Is, is those four four officials and, and that's not something that you, you should be missing I, I find at times with the you know the ARs and and, and fourth officials and all that sometimes they really um, they, they're, they're part of the show but they don't really you know these mm. these important points you yeah. do need to you know you are accountable it is a team and sometimes referee does miss these situations and therefore you need that support uh, in, in regards to Morelos look is is that a type of player that's low on confidence going back to old ways? Um, that's a concern for me. Yeah, that, I mean that—that's that was exactly my thought, Craig, um, at the match uh, at Tannadice on Sunday. Was that is this Morellas reverting to the old days? Those are old, unacceptable yeah. days when he just got involved in stuff that he shouldn't have got involved in. I, I, I just wonder, you know, wh whether uh, Rangers will play the victimisation card here and say if it wasn't Alfredo Morellas and his disciplinary record, whether this would be happening. Well, I think first and foremost, if you look at the pictures, the pictures don't lie. And the picture that was on the game, I think Sky Sports covered it, Yeah, the, the, the high behind, one of the goals, was clearly, there's a second movement. Listen, I have no problems with players using their arms for leverage to get themselves off the ground. He was never winning the ball. At no stage did he take his eyes off Mark Connolly from that camera angle as well. So the ball was irrelevant to him. So when you're jumping and then you have a second movement, you know, what does he want the referee, or not the referee, what does he want the compliance officer to do? What does he want us to talk about? Because quite clearly, he's threw his arm as a weapon. That's what it's described as. Is it a weapon? Is it dangerous play? Yes, it is, because your intent is to... Harm an opponent. Is to harm an opponent. And if someone can come on tonight and say he didn't mean to harm an opponent, why then is he throwing an elbow? Yeah. Why then throw it? If you... It, you know, for me, you're only doing it for one thing: is to try and leave a little bit on the defender. Yeah, and maybe maybe the elbow bit is misleading. And, and Steven Gerrard was probably absolutely right afterwards in what they he are. said, because because he said afterwards very pointedly, you know, it, well, it, we're not talking about an elbow; it wasn't an elbow yeah. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 we're getting into the semantics here, aren't we? Because you know, it wasn't an elbow. No, it was a forearm smash. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's leaving with an arm. I mean, yeah. Craig and I both played centre half. Cops plenty of them, by the way. And we know, <laughs> and we know when centre forwards come to give us a little yeah. bit. And listen, we probably done it ourselves to fend people off 
and, and maybe to put a little bit on, but if, if someone's as blatant as what that was, you know, that, then it has to be looked at because the safety of the opponent then has to be taken into consideration. Irrespective of what Mark Conley's done, irrespective of what's going on, I just think it was in an area of the pitch that was meaningless. It was a header that Mark Connolly won that wasn't going to affect the game, yeah. wasn't going to hurt Rangers in any way and all Alfredo Morales has done is draw attention to himself. He's drawn this attention to himself and Rangers probably will come out and try and fight his corner and look after him mm-hmm. but I think when you look at the pictures there's very little room for manoeuvre. And you said it, Craig. I mean, this is—I'm sure that this is born out of frustration, despite any denials about this. But it's yeah. born of frustration, isn't it? Because uh, he scored seven goals this season mm-hmm. for, for Rangers in a team that's firing on all cylinders, a team that's flying, a team that's creating bundles of chances week in and, and week out. So, so that's you know, yeah, yeah. You might say it's great to get goals from all around the team, but yeah, from his yeah. point of view, that you know, in terms of what he the he the, the, he the, num- the numbers he's hit in recent mm-hmm. seasons, seven so far is disappointing. Yeah, yeah he cuts a, a very frustrated-looking figure at the at this moment in time. He's seeing um, goals flying left, right, and centre. Unfortunately, not enough. Um, to himself, which you know, that's that's strikers need to be selfish. The good strikers, they need to be selfish, and they're all about confidence and they're all about their goals. And um, Alfredo at the moment looks a little bit low on confidence. Uh, I'm sure he's, he's he's working as hard as he possibly can uh, on the training field. But again, these kind of incidents that, that we're talking about, the forearm, um, it, it's it's things that we've seen before, uh, and nobody's doubting the quality. Of player, but in terms of those um, you know, those areas where he can let himself down, uh, not only does he let himself down, uh, potentially he can let the team down because you know if that is is a red card and all of a sudden Rangers are down to ten men and you know it, it's not about Morelos, it's a, it's about the team and I think too many times um, he's probably you know let himself down and and the team down and it just I hope it's not him going back to his old ways. I understand the frustration. But you can't be doing that. But if you listen to Steven Gerrard, uh, he certainly doesn't think that Alfredo Morelos is letting the team down. Listen, we want we want to rely on Alfredo all the time. That's his job. Alfredo has to handle that pressure. I have to handle that pressure. We all do. We're all representing Rangers. We know he'll bounce back and it won't be too long before he's scoring lots of goals and he's smiling even more than he is now. But I think one important thing to mention is he's doing a fantastic uh, job for the team in terms of his, in terms of the messages we're giving him, what he needs to do for the team in and out of possession. So just because people on the outside don't see the goals doesn't necessarily mean that we have the same feelings towards Alfredo. It's the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Rob McLean, Stephen Craig and Craig Moore in the studio. And we've got Derek in Govan Hill. Hi, Derek. Good evening, Rob. How are you doing? Uh, I'm not bad not yourself. Yeah, good. What are you thinking? Uh, I'm not disputing it wasn't a red card, but the Dundee United player when Rangers played them at Ibrox was excited for studying Alfredo Morelos. Then you had a Ross County player racially abusing Rangers players allegedly and nothing done there seemed to be one rule for Alfredo Morelos yeah. and one rule for Alfredo Yeah, well, I, did, I mean, I did the minute the, the minute we were started discussing this story, you probably heard us, Derek. You know, I, I said, you know, I just wonder will will there be a reaction here of victimisation? I, I would say about the the Michael Gardine incident, Ross County have investigated that and completely cleared him. So they've obviously spoken to enough people to satisfy themselves that what what it's thought was said wasn't said. But you know, I, I take uh, your your general point is one of. Um, um, you know, 
there are there are inconsistencies in refereeing and and in the disciplinary process. I think at times as well, Craig. Yeah, and I do. I do understand that as well. I, I think, but in terms of what you what you can control is is by not putting yourself in in that situation. I understand, you know, Stephen Gerrard, uh, rightly so, coming out and, and supporting. Uh, Morelos, that's that's his job as a manager uh, at, at Rangers Football Club, but I just think that he doesn't need to put himself in those situations. That's a frustrating thing, um, and I'm sure there will be, you know, still some frustrations behind closed doors. But what Stephen Gerrard has come out and said, uh, you know, t- not not surprised, totally expected mm. to support his players. To be fair, you know, you have to judge every single incident as a standalone incident. Otherwise, we'll never move on because someone will always say, well, he kicked him over there and he threw his arm over to him and he didn't get... So what I'm saying is I'm judging this incident as a standalone one yeah. and it's a red card offence. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. I don't care what's happened before and what's going to happen in the future. If they look at it individually, yeah. I understand there's inconsistencies. The problem is everybody wants consistency, but referees are different. So Craig might see it as a red, I might see it as a yellow, you might see it as nothing. We're all still three referees. So unless we're judged individually with our consistency and our decisions continue to go throughout the season, it's hard to judge them all as a whole. But certainly on that standalone incident, it's a second movement that he doesn't need to make. Uh, He's bringing the spotlight upon himself and he's taken away from all that good work Stephen Gerrard just spoken about. As hold-up players, link-up play, seven goals you said he's got this season. He had 26 at this stage last season. 26. Mm -hmm. So naturally there's a little bit of disappointment and he doesn't mind that he's working hard and he's running and he's supporting his hold-up. But centre-forwards want to score goals. That's what they are judged on. They're selfish. Of course they are. They're precious. They love the glory. They love the glitz. They love being in the back page headlines for scoring goals. And at this moment he's a little bit short in that. But I think it's a little bit harsh to say he may go back to his old ways. He's progressed an awful lot. He hasn't been involved in a lot of things. But that is just an incident to say it's still there. Yeah. And he still has a little bit of work. And Rangers still have a little bit of work to make sure it doesn't happen continually. So Derek, if we, if we accept the fact that, the, that there are inconsistencies in refereeing of games and, and the disciplinary process and you're never going to please everybody all the time. What about what about player responsibility? What What about... The, the responsibility Alfredo Morales has just not to get involved in that sort of incident which which gives the referee a chance or the retrospectively Scottish football the chance to, to issue a punishment uh, I think he was very lucky Rob he didn't get sent off because if he caused Rangers three points in Sunday these fans would have turned vicious for him yeah. and again Rangers would have said anyway so I, I think he's very very lucky that it's what's happened it wasn't a straight red cab because these fans would have never forgave him if it cost Rangers that game. Yeah, and do, and do you think it is frustration, Derek, for him at the moment that although Rangers are couldn't be playing much better, uh, he's not really in, in among the goals. I think he was very lucky to be playing in, in Sunday Rob because Everton had an outstanding yeah, game. Yeah, I agree with you. On, on, on the Thursday, and I think he was very lucky to get his place back. And I, I think maybe it's time to give Everton a run because I think Everton was just as good as as Morelos. And he's more of a physical target man, maybe. But you could maybe throw the ball into the yeah. mix sometimes. So there could be there could be a ban coming his way, obviously, from what we're hearing now, Craig. But but um, when you heard Stephen Gerrard eulogising about the the performance of Morelos yep. at the moment, minus the goals, it's what what he does as part of the of the team. Yeah. Is he is he good enough to to be in there on a regular basis on the back of the the way Eton played against Lech Poznan? 
Well, look, what, what Stephen Gerrard has asked for for day one is a, is a competitive squad, players competing for, for positions. And at this moment in time, when you talk about Eaton, when you talk about Roof, uh, there's players at the moment that are delivering more um, in those positions. Uh, so, you know, I agree, Derek, in terms of Morales was probably lucky to start. Um, who, who, you know, who knows what the final outcome is going to be of this situation, but it's just, it, it's hard work on his part um, to, to get himself back into a, a position uh, and start scoring goals because that's that's how you're going to get selected. And if other players are doing it, uh, Steven Gerrard seems to be a fair manager uh, and the way that he's rotated things. And it's not about reputation. It's about what you're delivering for the football team. What's great though, Derek, is that, that suddenly there are options because um, when uh, when Eaton and, and Roof were signed, we weren't quite sure what they were, what they were going to be, how they were going to fit in, where they sent, where either of them a, a central striker. Uh, and now you've got the prospect. Well, I'm not totally convinced about Roof so far. I think when he plays centrally, Eaton has shown he can do it at the at the top level. Morelos obviously is. So so you've got you've got real attacking options now, haven't you? Uh, I'm surprised Ruth's played every game because I think uh, Arebo gives you slightly more and he's a bit more he can open up a defence yeah. so I'm surprised Ruth's played in that position actually uh, but you can't dispute that he's been uh, since he's come into the team Ruth that Rangers have been winning uh, and he's, he's an option that you can pull players out of the way and Morelos can and it gives you more space what are you thinking about the draw? Sorry, sorry to interrupt, Derek. What are you thinking about the draw yesterday, uh, Royal Antwerp in the in the Europa last thirty-two? I don't think they could have really asked for a better draw because uh, is it Club Brugge in that? Isn't that uh, that league in the very end last year? So I'm not really interested in robbing Europe other cups. The most important things to stop ten in a row. Nothing else really matters to most fans, and I think any Rangers fan will tell you the same. So, the, so, the cups are a bonus, uh, of course, but stop ten in a row is the most important thing. Because I think even if Gerard won the Europa League and the two cups and he didn't stop ten in a row, I don't think he would have a job because I don't think the fans would accept it. Yep. So, so you'd be you'd be happy to let Europe go, even though I think many people would look at at the performance at the moment, home and away, at home and in Europe, and say Rangers could go really deep into this tournament. But you you just don't want it to get in the way of winning the title. Well, if you look at Manchester and Seville, uh, it caused both the teams the league title that year. If you're probably being honest. Celtic was probably the better team that year, but Rangers won the treble. Celtic went all the way to Seville. Rangers went Manchester. Rangers were out in front and ended up winning. It was only the Scottish Cup. Always think Europe gets in the way. And the yep. most important thing is to stop the ten. You make a good, yeah. You make a good point. In fact, you've made a few good points, Derek. Thank you very much for your call. Uh, all the best to you. Have a happy Christmas when it comes. Might hear from you between now and then. And the news, the breaking news on the Alfredo Morella story is that Rangers have accepted that two-match ban. So there is your answer to the question that we've been debating over the first 15 or 20 minutes of the of the show. Uh, there is a too-much ban coming the way of Alfredo Morelos. What would you like to say about Scottish football? 0808 17 17 700. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! 
Yeah, certainly a lively start to the, the football show tonight. And just as we were discussing uh, the pros and cons of that incident at Tannadice on Sunday, came the news uh, that Rangers had accepted the two-game ban offered to Alfredo Morelos uh, after being cited for violent conduct at Tannadice at the weekend. Booked uh, at the time by Stephen McLean for jumping into uh, Mark Connolly as he saw it in the 2-1 Rangers win. But it was upgraded to violent conduct after it was deemed that, uh, as we saw from the video footage, that uh, Morelos's forearm had been struck in the f- into the face of Connolly. Morelos will miss uh, tomorrow night's League Cup quarterfinal against St Mirren, and he's also out of uh, the league game uh, at Mo- uh, against Motherwell on Saturday, in which Rangers could move even further clear of Celtic, of course. So it's St Mirren Rangers and Livingston Ross County tomorrow, League Cup quarterfinals, and tonight it is Dunfermline and St Johnston, and it's Alloa against Hibbs, Jack Ross uh, with his current team against his old one at the Indo Drill uh, tonight, all pitching for a place at Hamden, of course, in the semi-finals. We should have team news from those games before we are finished. We're with you till seven o'clock. Get in touch, join the discussion. 0808 17 17 700. Big week for Celtic, of course, with the Scottish Cup coming up. The final on Sunday. Still struggling to believe it's happening five days before Christmas, but it definitely is. And of course, it's last season's Scottish Cup. Just uh, to confuse us completely. Let's talk to the former Celtic striker, Andy Walker. Hi, Andy. Good evening, gents. How are you? Nice to speak to you. And you, Andy. A massive week for Celtic and a massive decision, I think, for Neil Lennon to take um, about his lineup for that Scottish Cup final on Sunday. Yeah, I think he's already made it, Rob. I think by throwing that carrot out last week in the aftermath of the victory against Command, like he's pretty much said that he'll... He'll make at least a couple of changes. Maybe the, you know, he's got so much faith in Scott Brown. I've got to say, I'd play those in form. I know that you yeah. often see a, a, a lot of changes for for cup games, but that's normally in the, the rounds before you get to a final. This is a final, and I, I think you should play the guys that are in form. I think the supporters want to see a lot more of Turnbull, a lot more of Sorrow, uh, a lot more of Hazard. Because yeah. I think the biggest thing in the game against Kilmarnock, Rob, was um, the fact they kept a clean sheet and, uh, you know, Celtic have been giving away a, a lot of cheap goals recently. So, um, yeah, you just wonder what the starting lineup will be. It's, an, inter- it's a, an interesting answer that Neil Lennon gave after the match, after the win against Kilmarnock um, on Sunday. In fact, let's, let's have a listen to what he said. Better, a lot better, you know, it's good all-round team performance. Dominant, really, you know, we looked strong. Thought we uh, did pretty well first half. When the goal doesn't come, you know, the last few games here, we've been a bit anxious. But there was none of that today, and I thought we started the second half really strongly as well. And we thoroughly deserved to win, and, you know, I'm just disappointed we didn't win it by more. So that was his reaction to the game, and this was his answer about who's going to be playing in the cup final. I think it should show a bit of loyalty to some of the boys who have been there, done that, got us there. But we'll, we'll look at it this week. It's an important game, you know, finish off the remnants of last season. But it's a game that we want to win. And I know the trophy that's up for grabs first that we want to win. Um, but the likes of Sorrow, Turnbull, you know, Duffy, Hazard, they've done their chances, no harm in starting next week. So Andy, he's talking there initially about loyalty, isn't he, to the guys that have got Celtic into this position. Um, but then he, he ends up by listing the players that you listed who've come in and done so well. Um, it, it's, it's a big one for him. I mean, it's the Scottish Cup, it's the quadruple treble, but it's also uh, maintaining momentum, having one back-to-back and, and looking to make it three in a row. 
Yeah, it's so true. I mean, Celtic have gone through a torrid time over the last number of weeks, drawing with Aberdeen and Hibs and uh, going out of the, the Cup to Ross County on the back of already losing in the Champions League and the Europa League. All of the group stage matches were, were really poor, apart from maybe a, the odd 45 minutes here and there and the, the, the last one there against Lille. No, I, just, I, I would say that uh, things happen in football, things happen quickly. And um, I'd be more inclined to go with the, the same team again. I think he's uh, he's maybe stumbled uh, upon a formation and a set up there with the uh, four at the back. He's he's tried the three centre backs that were losing goals. Um, he's he's tried other things, uh, other personnel, and they were still losing goals. I think in the you know you've got to remember they were up against Lille, who are I think they're top of the the French league. Uh, certainly when Celtic played them, they were yeah. they were second in the league. They're, they're top now. I mean they're a, yeah. they're a quality team, and they wanted to win that one because they would have finished top of the group. That was a that was a really good performance against a a decent side. And I would just go with the the men who played there and and build that uh, momentum that uh, you know Neil was talking about. He did admit that it was an all-round better team performance. Andy, it's Stevie Craig, and how are you getting on? Hi, Stevie. I, tell you what it is, I'd spoke a couple of weeks ago about Scott Brown, and I felt as if he's been put in a, a kind of unfair position because at 35 years of age, I don't think he should have been playing every single game. And I feel a little bit sorry for him because at times he's been made the scapegoat. I just felt if he if he'd have been managed better, week by week and miss the odd game here and there he might have been fresher he might have been able to you know do the things that he's always wanted to do whereas being flogged all the time I think it was a little bit unfair on him Yeah I think you made a good point Stephen and uh, I, I can remember being part of a Tommy Burns team when we played uh, our season at Hamden and he he dropped Paul McStay it, it was a shock to the system it was a shock to the team it was a shock to the fans I think everyone's shocked when Scott Brown's not playing, but I agree with you. I think he has been flogged. I think he's on his last legs. He's still got something to offer. He's been a magnificent player for Celtic, but had you brought him in uh, uh, at different times, not played him every week, I think you would have got more out of him. I mean, I'm sure he'll be given some sort of coaching role there because he's been at the club for so long. Uh, I'm sure he's learned a great deal, especially under uh, Brendan Rodgers. I know he's got a good relationship with, with Neil Lennon. And I agree with you, Stephen. I think he's played uh, too often. And I think when you... I think from speaking to Celtic supporters, when they see Turnbull and Sorrow playing now, they're, they're excited. They've got a spring in their step. They, they want to see a bit more. And whether it's a, whether it's a cup final or uh, a league game, I think you play the team that's in form, and I'd be inclined to uh, to start with those guys. I have no idea how the game's going to go. I'm expecting Celtic to win, but Scott Brown can still play a part of it. And if there's a loyalty to him, that absolutely he is still a part of it. He may still go up and receive the trophy uh, as captain, no matter what happens if they win. But no, I'd be inclined to start the players that have done it in the last couple of games. Andy, it's Craig Moore. How are you? Hi, Craig. Good to speak to you. Yeah, likewise. Listen, just to follow on a little bit on your um, thoughts around about performance over over loyalty. It's an interesting one uh, in terms of the dynamic uh, for the for the football squad for the team. 
Uh, you know, imagine you're, you're the, the Turnbulls and the Sorrows that have come in and performed well and potentially then then left out um, through players that, that you know, you, you touch on that loyalty kind of thing. Sometimes that can have a, a, an impact with, within the squad as well in terms of moving forward. I'd be interested to know your thoughts on that because, like I said, I'm, I'm a little bit like you in terms of, you know, as a player, you, you, you go out there, you perform and you perform well. You like to think that you're going to get the opportunity the week later, not because of reputation. Uh, Craig, I, I don't know about you, but I heard from so many managers in my career, I'm giving you the jersey, and if you play well, you keep it. And if you don't, uh, you know, I'll look for someone else. And it was as harsh and as brutal yeah. as that. And I think most players accept it. In all honesty, I think Scott Brown would accept it. Mm-hmm. He has not been in good form. I know that Stephen has followed all the uh, Europa League games, and I've watched them too, and I've seen him being substituted, I think, in uh, in every one mm-hmm. that, that he started. He's been substituted in a number of uh, league games as well. So I think he could have he could have been used uh, a bit better had he been left out of the team a number of times and then he was brought back for a cup final. I think you might understand it then, but just to, just to highlight a bit of loyalty because he's done it before... Uh, The reality is his form has been poor. You've got guys in there who are doing it right now. And uh, this is a tough time for everyone at Celtic. Rangers are setting a a pace that uh, everyone is struggling to to cope with. And I know that Celtic have only lost one game, but they have drawn uh, far too many. And losing the cup uh, against Ross County has added that pressure. We know that supporters are are demonstrating. So um, I would just be inclined, Craig, to go with the the, the players who are doing it right now. And whether uh, you leave out a guy who's played 600 games or not, uh, you know, I I think football can sometimes be really harsh and brutal. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's a cup final at stake. There's medals at stake for everyone. Go with the players that are in form. That would be my view. Do you, do you think Neil Lennon's been too loyal for too long, Andy? I mean, and that's an easy thing to say with the benefit of hindsight, of course. But uh, th- these are not guys that have just turned up, are they? The, the ones that he's drafted in recently. Soros was signed in January. Uh, David Turnbull's yeah. been around for a long time as well. There was the the COVID, the under-21 uh, sure. factor, w- which kept him out for a while. But, but there have been uh, lots of questions being asked about David Turnbull about the fact he hasn't featured more often I understand those uh, problems that Celtic have had with the, the Scotland set up with Covid and you know missing games, being forced to self-isolate but <laughs> where has Sorrow been? I mean this guy's got so much energy, he gets around the pitch, I think he's a decent player without the ball, you see your opponents driving towards a Celtic goal and this guy gets back and he gets in tackles, he blocks some shots He's a he's a workhorse, and he needs games yeah. uh, to prove that uh, you know he can he can do it on a regular basis. And I'm just really surprised that he's not been in um, before the last uh, couple of weeks. It was almost like a a last throw of the dice. Let's yeah. see what this guy has got. As you say, he's been there since January. Yeah. I think he might have been due a, a couple of. Uh, games from the start before the last couple of weeks I hesitate to make the N'Golo Conte uh, comparison because that, that's a that's a fair old tribute to Crags but, but yeah. he, there, there's something about him isn't there? There's something about him Rob and that, exactly that you want to see more how will he cope with a cup final? 
I know that they're up against Hearts, they're in a lower division, but they're pretty much a, a Premiership side with the, the strength of their squad. They've got players who have been over the course uh, before. Um, Hearts will have their, their moments in the game. I think when you've got guys like Boyce and uh, Naismith, they will make sure that you know they have uh, you know a period in the game where they look strong and they look threatening. And how will Sorrow cope? Uh, you know, the last time Celtic played Hearts in a cup final, Celtic went one down. And it was thanks to the the brilliance of Hudson uh, Edward that uh, got them back in, got them got them the trophy. And um, I think these are things that you want Sorrow, you want to see how Sorrow copes with that type of pressure and Turnbull. And I've got to say Hazard as well. Yeah. I mean, um, to, to keep a clean sheet, and I know he's not making save after save, but any player will tell you, um, especially Stephen and Craig, they'll tell you that the relationship you build with the guy behind you, I think it's an important one. And if he's got a better relationship with those in front of him, then uh, I think he too uh, deserves his chance for um, you know to start the game. Andy, could it be the making of three three young players getting the nod in a cup final, winning a cup final potentially? Because you know, being at Celtic, you're judged on winning trophies, and the confidence and the belief it could give these three young players could really catapult their Celtic careers forward. Stephen, I thought I'd be judging winning trophies when I signed for Celtic. We won the league and won the cup. We didn't win much else after that. It was uh, I, I played in a cup final side that where we uh, we lost to Wraith Rovers. I mean, it was uh, it was painful, it was horrible, and you felt for uh, the manager, uh, Tommy Burns, who was trying desperately to find some sort of formula. I've got to remind you as well, I played in a, I played in a really good Celtic side. We won the league. I played in a really poor Celtic side. We finished fourth in the league. And I think it was Tommy's first or second season back. He was rebuilding the team uh, Rangers were very dominant I'm sure Craig will uh, remember it I mean we played a couple of good games at Ibrox and at Hamden against uh, Rangers but it's really tough to to get guys to, to make their breakthrough and right now I think there's a freshness about uh, Celtic with Sorrow and Turnbull and Hazard I know they've spent a lot of money it was highlighted at the, at the AGM but some of the money that Celtic have spent has not made them a better team. Mm. If anything, they have they've gone back the way. So I would be very much inclined to go for Sorrow, Turnbull, Hazard, pretty much the same team that has done it in the last couple of games and see if they can take you on to bigger and better things. It's the Scottish Cup, Andy. It's the quadruple treble. Arguably... Is it more important for Celtic just because of what it would mean in a kick-on sense? Um, because it would be three wins on the bounce, it would maybe confirm that Celtic have turned the corner and it might just launch them into some sort of title recovery? Yeah, possibly. Um, I think you've got to recognise the quality of your opponent. There's only one opponent that they've got who can take the title away from them and that's Rangers. And I think they've been... I think they have not been paying enough attention to how good Rangers were. Even last season, doing so well in the Europa League, that was a sign to me that this was a team that weren't too far away of being you know, very uh, consistent. But I- I'm expecting Celtic to win at the weekend, Rob, and I think it will underline this uh, whole period of dominance that they've had. We'll never see it again, I don't think. Twelve trophies in a row. 
uh, is utterly remarkable. But Celtic got what they paid for when they brought in Brendan Rodgers. They got a they got a, a guy who was a he was a coach and a manager. He had a proven pedigree who improved players that were already there. He brought a level of professionalism that was notably higher. Everyone um, at Celtic Park, even behind the scenes, would would tell you that. And I'm just really surprised they changed the Celtic board changed direction completely with Neil Lennon, someone who was out of work, someone who was cheap. And I know he's had his magic before. Neil Lennon's been very successful. Anyone who knows how to put together a team and beat Barcelona has got something about them. But um, I don't see the the group of players that he has now playing for him the same way that maybe previous uh, teams did. And that's why I think he's he's under so much pressure and almost living... Uh, game to game at the moment to see how the the fans react to a, a certain result. Andy, good to talk to you. Always good to have you on the show, and uh, we'll Thanks, hopefully, hopefully see you soon. That's the former Celtic striker and Sky pundit, of course, Andy Walker, looking ahead to that Celtic against Hearts Scottish Cup final at Hamden. It's going to be weird, isn't it, with no fans there on Sunday? Join us on the Goat Radio Football Show, and it's very easy to do it. Uh, you can go on the socials at Go Football Show. You can text Go on your message to eight seventy four seventy four, or you can call us, phone us, oh eight oh. 17-17-700 You're heading home you're maybe already at home or you've maybe never been anywhere but at home with the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited Rob McLean, Stephen Cragen and Craig Moore in the studio just heard a short time ago there before the break from Andy Walker interesting chat with Andy uh, about Celtic and the Scottish Cup final coming on Sunday against the Hearts from the Championship but full of Premiership players of course but uh, so much to play for for Celtic not least the quadruple treble but that team selection what will it be will he bring back some of the old guard will he stick with the players who've helped to turn things around for Celtic in the last week or so what do you reckon 08 08 17 17 uh, 700 and right at the top of the show of course we were debating uh, Alfredo Morelos and uh, that forearm smash at Tanadice on Sunday against Dundee United he was yellow carded at the time offered a too much ban and in the course of the show uh, that ban has been accepted by Rangers he will miss the League Cup quarterfinal uh, tomorrow night in Paisley against St Mary he'll also miss the game um, against Motherwell at home to Motherwell on Saturday as Rangers look to move further clear at the top of the Premiership with Celtic of course playing in the Cup final uh, but Stephen Gerrard has been uh, talking today and looking ahead to the game tomorrow night, uh, talking about the European draw as well, but also talking with a, a lot of sadness about the passing of his former manager at Liverpool, Gerard Houllier, who has died at the age of uh, 73. And Stephen Gerrard and his number two as well, Gary McAllister, is still very much uh, coming to terms with uh, that news. Gerrard was given his Liverpool debut by Houllier in November 1998, five months after the former France head coach arrived at Anfield. And this was Gerrard speaking about Houllier today. He was a special man, caring man, a loving man, more than just a manager. You know, throughout your career, different people look after you and, and, and shape you in your younger days. Steve Iway, Hugh McCauley, Dave Shannon, for example, and then pass you on to, to the first team staff, which was 
Gerard Hulier and Phil Thompson and Sammy Lee, who've done an incredible job for me in terms of where I was at from an age and also a player. Gerard was the forefront of that in terms of shaping me into a better player, into a better person, a better leader. So I've got an awful lot to thank the man for and find it really hard to come to terms with it right now. Craig and Craggs, you can uh, just hear the emotion uh, in Stephen Gerrard's voice there. Yeah, and I look, heard also a couple of other uh, players that, that have worked under, I think it was Danny Murphy on, on TalkSport mm. as well. And uh, the thing that that shines through uh, for me uh, in both of those interviews is, is, yeah, he's a great football person and a great coach and all that sort of stuff, but he's a fantastic person. He was a fantastic man. Um, he got to, to know his players on and off the field. He, he was a caring person. Uh, and, you know, the sadness in, in, in Stephen Gerrard's voice also with, with Danny Murphy and a lot of other people uh, within football. Uh, Gerard Julia was a name that I'd heard a long time ago. It also been linked to Australia at a certain time in the football director's uh, position as well, but had a fantastic reputation. And it's just been a horrific year with the losses that, we, that we've that we had. Um, very, very sad. So uh, condolences, obviously, to, to all his, his family. Uh, very, very sad loss. Yeah, let, let, just before, sorry, Craig, just let's hear a little bit more from, from Stephen Gerrard and, and just uh, embellishing that point that, that Craig was making there that was that he was shaped not just as a footballer and, and, a, and, a, and a guy who would later become a, a manager, but, but as a person as well. It's impossible for me to have the charisma and the care and the love that Gerard carried. I think every player that's worked with him will certainly echo that. All the coaches that have been around him, he was just a special human being. This is not a guy who would just focus solely on football and what you gave to him in terms of the relationship player to manager. This was someone who, at my age, wanted to change me as a human being to become an elite professional, wanted me to be a better person, wanted me to really understand the tactics and the game from a different way and become an even better player and build all the stuff around the talent that I had at that age. I'll never forget that. You know, I need to send me condolences to his family. Just a sad, sad day for football and for me from a personal point of view and it'll take me a little while getting over this one because... Yeah, just I don't think I'd realised um, with the passage of time, looking back to, to that period, I just don't think I'd realised, Craigs, that, that Gerard Hulley had played such a big part in, in making Stephen Gerrard who he is. Yeah, listen, I think, you know, just to echo Craig, it, it's the personal touch. You know, it's his man management skills, dealing with people. And it's very difficult in such a, a fierce industry of football when you, you're thinking about winning, winning, keeping your job, where's the pressure? Because the manager club at Liverpool, there's an incredible amount of focus and attention on being successful. And I think was it the 2001 season where, where they won the treble, they won the UEFA Cup, yep. they won the FA Cup and they won the League Cup. Right. You know, they didn't manage to get the league over the line. Um, and that's always yeah, I remember the game against was it Alaves 5-4 it eventually yep. the one you know and I, I think Gary Mack may have played in it Stephen Gerrard obviously played in it but you know the, the recurrent theme as I say is, is the people skills looking out for players you know making football secondary making their own individual status most important to anybody you know I think that takes a special person to do that it takes a lot of patience because football players are needy football players oh. you know need looked after they want things you've got to yeah. almost yeah. mother them at times yeah. Yeah. so for him to have that patience and, he, and he's probably came through the different eras of footballers when things were a little bit harder yeah. you know and players accepted a little bit more the whole involvement of players and mm-hmm. how you have to look after in the sports science all these things he's evolved with as a manager but most importantly Jared Hulier kept his ability to be able to speak to players on his level, which is phenomenal. 
Yeah, and I, I think Craig's as well. Like I says, I mean, we're touching more on the on the, on the, the human side here of Gerard Julia, and and I think the joy for him was developing these young mm. footballers into to special players and, and to be great human beings. Uh, and for me, we don't probably talk, you know, sometimes we get a little bit sidetracked, football, football, football. And for me, this is a, a great story and legacy of who uh, Gerard Julia really was. You, you talk about his involvement uh, in France and the, again, with a lot of the French players that mm-hmm. produced and developed over time. To maximise someone's ability, uh, I think that was the real joy. Yes, he won trophies that you touched on, but I think the joy was was developing people for him. Mm. But these things don't come out until later in life. Unfortunately, mm. these things sometimes only come to light when people pass away and everybody gets a real chance because everyone's busy and focusing on their lives and focusing on their own careers and their own involvement in football. Bad news hits and suddenly memories come flooding back. I think you spoke about Danny Murphy. Yes. When he spoke, it was almost as if he was just reliving yep. moments of walking into the training ground. The manager was pulling him aside. He was giving them advice. He was talking about things. And it was just, he's probably thought about it in the past, but he's never really spoken about it. And that's Stephen Gerrard's probably in the same boat. Yeah. He's probably more appreciative of, appreciative of him now than he ever thought he would be, just because he hasn't realised how important he was in his life, in his early football life. So, you know, it was phenomenal endorsement. And if we think about the influence that, that Julier has had clearly on Steven Gerrard, you could you, you look at recent things, recent things he's said, recent things he's done that probably bear out the influence that, that, that's come to bear on him. The fact that Steven Gerrard doesn't focus on, on purely what's happening on the pitch. He, you know, he... He gave uh, Stephen Davis some time off recently for for personal reasons. Um, He was wrapping his arms around, verbally at least, Nathan Patterson recently and telling him how big a part he was of his plans. And, you know, I think Stephen Gerrard goes into things in in massive detail. And and I think the human side of, of, of football is really important to him. Massively, and, and and I think football football is changing in terms of the the management style now. Rob, you know that uh, a lot of these up and coming managers, um, yes, they know their players, but they know them on and off the field, and they're taking a real interest in terms of you know that support network because player can be up, it can be down, it could be in form, out of form, they could, could be arguing with the wife at home. There, there could be a lot of things happening. Um, in the old days, maybe the a lot of the managers kind of didn't really focus this, although there's been some great ones. Uh, but that, that's the way forward, and I think that's really how you get players on board. You know, Klopp, I think that's been one of the, the things that's come through with him as well. It's intimately knowing your players and being a support network, being fair, um, and I think that, that gives huge respect. I think that's something we can speak a little bit more about in the second hour of the show as well, to be honest, because Neil Lennon's been speaking this week as well about the, the changes in management style and how... You have to deal with players now and it's not the way it was uh, 20 years ago. It's all developing, it's all changing. It's the Go Radio Football Show. News at six are on the way, plus another hour of football chat to follow. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go!
The football chat is flying as it normally does between five and seven, Monday to Friday, on the, the Go Radio football show. Rob McLean, Stephen Cragen, Craig Moore, he said, repeating <laughs> what she'd just said about who was on the show. And you can join us too, 0808 1717 700. Join the football conversation. Plenty to talk about as well. Text Go in your message to 874 74 on the socials at Go Football Show. In the course of the first hour, we discovered that Rangers have accepted a two-match ban for Alfredo Morelos after uh, the violent conduct at Tannadice on Sunday, that challenge against Mark Connolly. So Morelos will miss the League Cup quarterfinal tomorrow night in Paisley. He'll also miss the home game against Motherwell at the weekend, a game in which Rangers could go 16 points ahead of Celtic at the top of the Premiership. Celtic, meanwhile, have got a cup final to prepare for Celtic against Hearts at Hamden on Sunday. Just before the news, we were talking uh, about Gerard Houllier and uh, Stephen Gerard very emotional as he paid tribute to his former mentor and manager at uh, Liverpool. And the conversation developed into a, a chat about uh, just dealing with players now, how it's changed over the years. And that's something that uh, Neil Lennon has been uh, talking about as well in the course of this week, how it's all changed from uh, his starting times in management to the way it is now it's interesting I was watching Roy Keane yesterday and talking about desire and hunger and players hugging each other after the game it's different now from our generation and I've learned that as I've gone along you know there's times you can get angry with them and frustrated and you have to tell them but if you keep doing that all the time then it loses its impact and you have to protect them a little bit I want more from the group there's more to come from them they've sort of like been drifting a little bit the last few months but they seem to be all back on point and, and focused so you know I'm hoping this is the start of something good for us Is it kid gloves crags these days? <laughs> Listen it is even from young players when they walk in through the door at 16 years of age until they leave at 35 you really have to tread carefully because I'm sure managers probably these days as well are working with smaller squads and you can't afford as a manager to lose four or five year players if they're not in the same wavelength as you suddenly your job becomes in jeopardy whether you agree with it or not mm. It's the manager at times now taking a step back as opposed to the players. So they're, uh, they're a little bit softer, I think. You know, there's a lot more issues around mental health, which is absolutely fine. So managers have to deal with that. You know, they're psychologists, they're, they're, they're family men, you know, they're marriage guidance counsellors. That's what they are. Everything rolled into one. And I don't think people realise, you know, the depth managers have to go to until they step in and take the job. I've worked in the environment of looking at managers and you know, watching the issues going on and thinking, oh, you know, what are you going to say to this? How are you going to, you know, deal with that and that with that? So, but ultimately you want to put your team on a Saturday onto the pitch and think they're playing for me. So you need to find a way, whatever way that way is. And every individual isn't treated the same. Listen, I used to like playing despite my manager. I would have not preferred, but I liked managers writing me off and, yeah. and not thinking I was, you know, I should have been playing. Mark McGee was great at it. Whether he meant it or not, I have no idea. <laughs> but he kept telling me he was trying to send a centre half. He said, but a minute it's yours and he kept me going. And, you know, every time I played, I thought, I'm going to show him, I'm going to show him. Mm. And every now and again, he would send me a text or give me a little reminder and say, listen, you're doing okay, but stick in there. And you think, right, okay. So it was just, and listen, Terry Butcher was another one. We played, we beat England in 2005 on a Wednesday night in Belfast. Um, and Terry was co uh, was working for Five Live at the time done the game and I was due to be home on the Thursday afternoon he phoned me after the game and said I want you in first thing tomorrow morning we were going to Inverness away on the Saturday travelling up on the Friday afternoon I thought he wants me so anyway I flew home on the Thursday done a recovery session came in on the Friday he didn't speak to me ahead of the game I then started to think I wonder will I play 
because he just was completely blanking me. He was obviously knowing England had lost to Northern Ireland, and I think anybody would at that time because we were awful. So I came on Saturday morning, named the team. Uh, we came in, it was fine, I was playing. Came in at half time, we were losing 1 0. Craig Brewster had scored and got across me for the goal. And he dug me out in front of the players and said, Oh, you can do it against Owen and, and Beck. He named all the players, but you can't do it in Inverness. You, and he had a right go at me and it got my back up. Yeah, Thankfully, yeah, yeah. we won 2 yeah. 1. And he came in after the game and he said, Give me a hug. And I said, I don't want to speak to you. I'll speak to you Monday. I could then speak to him yeah, yeah, because yeah. he had dug me out in front of the boys, but he got the reaction. He yeah, knew yeah. how to play me, he knew how to work it. And it had an impact for me on the pitch, but not. I'm not too sure many players can can deal with that kind of criticism not, nowadays. Not not many at all, uh, unfortunately. And this this is a this is a kind of concern in terms of the uh, the, the new style of, of management. Um, you know, back in the day, it was it was brutal. It was brutal. You know, you, you're talking about your manager knew exactly what he could get out of you, and that's mm-hmm. how he knew that he could be quite firm because he knew the response. Um, but nowadays, it's like. You don't know whether you can can get that response because the education that our kids are getting coming through the system, uh, and not getting the the, the harsh, uh, the harsh words in terms of that's unacceptable, that's not good enough. You're not the best player on the field every game. Like for me, it's it's a, it's that character building so that eventually uh, you you can become an elite professional footballer that can take constructive mm. criticism. Yeah, I mean, I remember Craig's when. Uh, Did Dick you play under Archie? Hmm? Archie Knox was Archie's assistant. Oh, Archie, to be fair, oh, but I, mean, I used I... to watch Archie at Fir Park when he was Rangers assistant manager, and I used to think. I hope I, you know, he never comes to work for a club I'm at. Yeah, he yeah. then did with Craig Brown, <laughs> and he was the nicest guy you could. Honestly, uh, he was brilliant. From, what a guy! He was away Archie. from football, phenomenal. Away from football, Archie Knox is a, a great man. I got a lot of time for for Archie. The thing with even as a player, players are not silly because Archie was shouted every single day, so it kind of loses its bite. Yeah. Uh, if it come every now and then, boom, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean. But it was like, um, but yeah, no, it's man- management has. It's changed, and, and and it's needed to change. But at the same time, I think the trust and respect are, are so important. And I think if you have that, you know, and and the managers nowadays they're looking at so many different things, and they can see when players are up or down. And sometimes it's a matter of Craig's listen, son, pop into the office, let's have a chat. Yeah. Um. And 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 that's the trust that I then think that takes players to new levels to to run through brick brick walls for for the manager for the club. And. I mean, the, the the whole manager-player relationship thing uh, comes under the microscope, particularly when things are going badly. I mean, the new, 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 <laughs> new Lennon's Neil Lennon's been trying everything. He's, he, you know, I'll try I'll try that side of the coin. Now I'll try the other. Side. I'll praise the players. I'll criticise mm-hmm. the players. I'll accuse them of playing for moves. I'll then put my arm around them. It, all that. So he's been scratching around, looking looking for uh, looking for reasons and looking for a new way of of, of managing. So what's he done? He's changed the team. He's brought in younger players who have reinvigorated the side, who have got an energy. And, uh, you know, Conor Hazard, David Turnbull, and, and uh, Ishmael Asoro, they don't have the the, the baggage yeah, yeah. of that bad run mm-hmm. because they didn't play. So that's the other side. You're bringing in three players who don't have the concern of we've only won two and 12. They're thinking, this is my chance. I yeah, want to yeah. show the manager what I can do. So they have a complete different mindset of the ones who are in the team slugging away and finding it tough. So now looking, I think you mentioned it, Rob, maybe being too loyal. I'm sure Neil's looking back and think, I should, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I probably should have done that two weeks ago. Mm. Two or three weeks ago, just to try and freshen things up. And that was the final thing he'd done. You're right, he tried everything. Mentally, physically, everything he'd tried. Days off, days in, training, everything. And the only thing he'd done was eventually change the team, brought in fresh legs, and it's worked. I just think you've got to be very, very careful in terms of that 
swinging from one thing to the to the next in terms of management because again look the young players coming and making an, inje- an injection for me is um, is something that needed to happen weeks and weeks ago but you can't then go and then change and come back to no we're now we're going to go loyalty uh, and not performance yeah. and like if you keep swinging uh, or coming yeah. from different angles players get confused mm. and you could uh, also you could also lose credibility in the course 100%, of that as well 100% you? listen Andy made the point you know I'm not too sure if, uh, Andy Walker for the listeners who won or who weren't uh, listening earlier when Andy came on his point was if the manager at some, at some stages said if you get the jersey it's yours mm. you keep it if he said that to the Celtic players and then he's going to go and pick the team on Sunday and he's going to leave two or three out that's where you lose your credibility now I don't know if that conversation has happened mm. I'm just saying if it has happened it's certainly happened in dressing rooms I've been in it'll have happened in dressing rooms that Craig has been in if Neil has had that conversation with his players and pulls the jersey away from two players to put others in suddenly other players that are in the dressing room think oh you know, you kind of lose a little bit. So Neil's got to be very careful how he approaches come Sunday. It's a Scottish Cup final like no other. Uh, at Hamden, we're with no fans five days before Christmas. Uh, let's hope this is a one-off and we can revert to type uh, from here on in. But when you think, Craig, about the Scottish Cup final, uh, what comes to your mind? Yeah, we're having a chat offline there. To be fair, my memory's not. It's not. It's not the best, Rob. Uh, but look, for me, I've got to go back to I think the, the treble winning season. Well, you've won it four times, I think. Haven't uh, you? Yeah. Well, uh, that's nice. Eh? It was good you've effort. Won it four good, times uh, between uh, us. Uh, uh, good Rob, effort. Thanks. Good effort. Um, but the the three two uh, game uh, against Celtic, uh, I think coming coming from behind, I, I remember that game. Of, you know, Barry Ferguson scored a, a great free kick, although I think it was was goalkeeper side. But thank goodness he's not uh, here to wallow uh, in that one. Fa- fantastic, got us back into the game. Um, chasing again, uh, we ended up equalising late on, and you could you could just sense that there was an opportunity to go on and win this game. And Neil McCann, who was absolutely brilliant for us, uh, I thought at, at Rangers, puts in a fantastic ball for. Uh, a late Peter Lovenkrans header uh, to seal a, a great victory. So that's probably the one that, that really sticks out for me. I thought it was a fantastic match, but I guess you, you always say that when you come out on top. And Craigs, what does the Scottish Cup mean to you? Well, I played in the final 2011. I scored in the semi-final against St Johnston. Uh, at Hamden, the semi-final was there. We beat them 3-0. I think Derek McInnes was in charge of St Johnston that day. Uh, we got to the final in the first half. Gavin Gunning had a shot from about 35 yards at the crossbar and Keyson Young had a shot from 35 yards and scored. That kind of just changed the dynamic. Celtic beat us 3-0 in the end. I scored in the semi-final for Motherwell and I scored in the final for Celtic, unfortunately. Mm. So I scored no goal in the final, which was unfortunate. Happens to the best of us, mate. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to probably got a fair few one goals between you. We'll, 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 we'll talk that one up at one stage. Uh, what about this final and and what will the, the, the lack of atmosphere and the lack of fans mean? Who who does who does that give a little advantage? Does it give the obvious, do we think it gives the advantage to Hearts? I think it does because you look at the impact that the, that the empty Celtic Park has had when Celtic have been struggling in games or they've been behind in games that noise and atmosphere that those players are used to that drives them on and, and you know gives you that extra you know batch of energy that extra drive sometimes under pressure forces you to go forward and attack so uh, listen Hearts will be looking for everything to go in their favour no doubt about it they probably wish the game had been two weeks earlier mm-hmm. when Celtic were in the middle of that bad run or in the middle of that form where they couldn't pick up a result suddenly now they've won two games back to back 
Robbie Nielsen and his players will be thinking it was going to be difficult anyway but it's probably made more difficult now because of that but listen Hearts have to go into it and think they have a real chance it's a one-off game they've got a chance themselves of winning the Scottish Cup nobody's really mentioned them this week it's been all about Celtic and sometimes yep. it's nice as the underdog just let them talk about the favourites just let them mm-hmm. deal with it we can come and do our job quietly but Hearts had a reminder a couple of weeks ago against Inferman I covered the game up at East End Park yeah. and Inferman were high energy and, and Hearts couldn't cope so if they replicate that performance, it's Celtics, but they'll have to improve and I've no doubt they will. We've been talking about the, the team that uh, Neil Lennon will pick. Also, formation comes into it as well. It was a back four uh, at the weekend in the 2-0 win against uh, Kilmarnock and he was pretty happy about that. I thought my back four played great. Chris Iyer and Greg going forward were, were superb and the two centre-halves dealt with any physicality and they're getting better as you know, and a better understanding and um, it, it's important we keep that continuity now going forward if we can. They're two very good players and Shane has an ability to go and tackle the ball in, in, in the box and yeah, I think you saw the best of Shane today and he's looking better and better as you go along. So it's important, uh, says Neil Lennon, that we keep the continuity. Is that a big clue towards uh, the the lineup for for Sunday? It was uh, it was Ayer at right back and and Greg Taylor at left back, and mm-hmm. it was it was Julian and Duffy as, as yeah. the two centre backs. And maybe that works better for Shane Duffy, where he's where he's got a central defensive partner, and it's plain and simple defending. Yeah, well, I think I think we've kind of had that conversation in terms of um, you know it was probably coming from uh, down south and playing in a three and it didn't really work it didn't really suit that that, that system that style um, obviously he's you know been used a, a little bit in that formation for, for Celtic look he's been an unfortunate one in terms of just confidence and, and kind of you know it is tough um, taking a bit of flack but you see a game with his, his second goal that, that fantastic header against what's a header yeah Kilmarnock. I mean because I'm saying it's a decent cross, but there was still a lot of work to do, Craig, uh, yeah. on that. He had to he had to generate power. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got a great presence in the box. It was a fantastic header. So he's he's a real threat. I thought Aya was unbelievable in terms mm. of the way he released himself and created overloads. I thought that he was fantastic for for Celtic. Um, he can also do that in a three, but I just thought the balance was a lot better. I also thought Taylor done well again. He had yeah. decent decent delivery into the box. He gave him again. You've got that natural balance. Um, so. Kilmarnock, to be fair, uh, never never blew out a, no. a shot. But I mean, at the same time, Celtic were, were very dominant, could have scored a lot more goals, and I think it, w- it would have been a pleasing performance uh, for Neil Lennon. And most importantly, a clean sheet, which how many times uh, uh, you know, you've been able to say about Celtic this season? Well, that's been the Achilles heel, hasn't mm. it? Conceding yeah. soft goals and the same goals again and again, counter-attacks and cross balls, whether it's open play, whether it's set play. So... You know, certainly Christopher Iyer I thought was magnificent yeah. really good just his energy and his willingness to go and join in because if you'd played me and Craig as fullbacks, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have at no stage impacted a game the way Christopher Iyer has so he's got the athleticism to go and yeah. do that and also the ability with his you know his feet and he can take men on good so feet. he was very and, and to be fair you're right Greg Taylor I thought up and down for someone who hasn't played I think his last start was just was St Johnston away when Lee Griffiths came on and yeah, well, it was, it was, was it was in October well, the minute Laxall arrived he was in and that yeah. was it well he played in the old firm game Greg yeah. Taylor hasn't I think it was the 10th of 10th of October, something along those lines, yeah. something around there. Yeah. You know, for to come in and show the energy, to be honest, with about 15 minutes to go, every time he made an overlap and run, he looked at the bench and said to say, he kept putting his hands in his assistant to say, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm done. Yeah, but yeah, he yeah. kept going and going and going and fair play to him. Is he underestimated, do you, do you reckon? Um, he's, he, he's, we were talking about him on the show last night and he's, he tends to be one of the first to be criticised when things aren't going right yeah. for, for, for Celtic but he, he created a lot he created a lot of space didn't he mm. by, by his movement apart from anything else for, for El Yunusi down that side I tell you what he doesn't hide he doesn't shirk his responsibility of getting up and joining in 
ultimately at times when he's in the final third he can't go past the man he, you know he's not like a lax out where he can do a step over and get past yeah. he has to maybe play that extra pass but for commitment and desire I think it was too easy to criticise him in the past rather than look at the bigger names the yeah, other yeah. ones around him who weren't playing as well he seemed to be the easy option but he showed great character to come into the side at the weekend he's really played his way into Neil Lennon's plans for the weekend Neil must be thinking wow mm. he's really stepped up and I think maybe with his learning is okay yeah he's different to Luxor in terms of he hasn't got that, that bit yeah. of individual skill to go but you only need half a yard to be able to to, to get that, that ball into the box a bit of tail on it and he, and, and he done that and if mm-hmm. you could, you know do more of that in those wide areas, you just want to be putting balls into areas where your attacking players can go and attack. Just hit areas, you know. Yeah. When you start to try and pick people out, you start to be a little bit too deliberate, then all of a sudden the quality can can go in terms yeah. of, you know. And Turnbull's another one when you talk about, again, delivery uh, and what he, what he offers, you know. Obviously, not afraid to have shots, um, but, you know, set plays as well. He's got fantastic delivery. Yeah. He really has. Well, it just adds a different dynamic to Celtic when you've got Duffy. Because Ayer plays right back, you've, you've got three giants coming up from the back. And you think if you can put the ball in there, somewhere between the penalty spot and the six-yard box, give those guys something to go yeah. and get after. Give them a real delivery with good quality then, you know, the more often than not they're going to get in the end of it. So, listen, David's not just added ability throughout the 90 minutes, but a set play certainly has been terrific. We're looking ahead to the Scottish Cup final on Sunday. It is Celtic against Hearts. Will it be a quadruple treble or will Hearts rip up the script and will the championship team uh, find silverware uh, for themselves at the weekend? Uh, before that, of course, some big games to come uh, tonight and tomorrow the League Cup uh, quarterfinals tomorrow night it is St Mirren against Rangers and Paisley Rangers minus the suspended now he is uh, as of the last hour or so Alfredo Morelos it's Livingston against Ross County and the game's tonight uh, 7.45 start so it's just about an hour and a half away uh, Dunfermline against St Johnston for a place at Hamden in the semi-finals and it is Alloa against Hibs give us a call 0808 17 17 700 the Bull Radio Football Show we just love talking football. We do it night after night, Monday to Friday, 5 till 7. And uh, tonight it's Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Stephen Cragen. First hour with Andy Walker for company as well. We were looking ahead to the Scottish Cup final at Hamden Celtic and Hearts on Sunday. Prior to that, of course, Rangers will have the chance against Motherwell at Ibrox at the weekend to increase their 13-point advantage currently over Celtic in the Premiership. And of course, uh, even Closer to home, the League Cup quarterfinals, two tomorrow night, two tonight. And I believe I have heard it said that a certain Stephen Cragen will be doing the draw uh, tomorrow night for the semi finals. Is that true? Possibly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it hasn't been fully confirmed. Oh, but I see, sorry, have, I, have I gone too soon yeah, with that? Exclusively one? Okay. have, yeah. Right, okay. So the back pages will have to hold their back page uh, just right, in case. Because okay. I, was, I was after a wee slice of commission, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. That was <laughs> to where be I was, fair, I'm after some myself. That was where I was coming from with that one. Uh, so tomorrow night, it is uh, St Mirren against Rangers it's Livingston against Ross County and the two tonight pretty intriguing as well I mean because the minute that that Celtic went out Hearts went out Motherwell went out um, Aberdeen went out as well Um, Rangers are obviously heavy favourites but there's opportunity here Hibs are maybe the next best thing you would think looking at the the eight teams Um, but there's opportunity for the likes of second in the championship Dunfermline tonight against a St Johnston side who've had that great um, unbeaten run 11 games but it ended at the weekend Crags 
Well, it did, and and Infirmans suffered their first defeat of the season at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Lost at home two one against Morton. Yeah. Uh, St Johnson lost two one at home against Livingston. You just wonder. I know it's hindsight looking back. Did the players have a little eye mm. on this game tonight, thinking we are one win from going to Hamden? And some of the players at Infirmans might never have played at Hamden in a in a Scottish Cup semi final or Scottish League Cup semi final or anything at all. And the same with uh, point. you know Ross County tomorrow night with uh, Livingston as well you know yeah. so there's there's real opportunities for those players to get the hand and put and then you just never know you know in a one-off game you could end up suddenly you know you're playing in a league cup final but there's no doubt that Hibs will be thinking we can get if we can get to the final and get Rangers in the final they have a great chance as well you know they're in good form Jack's built a decent squad yeah. uh, they went above Celtic on Saturday albeit Celtic overtook them on Sunday again but they're making the right noises they're making the right moves they're in good form. They're scoring goals. Feeling good about themselves. I mean, been to Lanarkshire twice in the last what nine or ten days. One three 0 at Fir Park. One four 0 at Hamilton. So yeah. they will be desperate for this game to come tonight. However, on the flip side, they only have to look at Hearts, their city rivals, who went there in the last round, lost, and a penalty. Alan Troughton got the got the winner. So the reminder is there that Hibs can't drop their guard. They can't take their foot off the gas. Complacency will be their big issue tonight. If they go and they replicate their last two performances, they're professional in what they do. Hibs will win the game mm-hmm. but Allah will think we can upset the odds if we can keep them tight stay in the game don't give anything away yeah. you know you just never know and P- Peter Grant will be licking his lips as well about the prospect of, of Hibs coming, ah, of coming to the end of drill um, because um, they're, they're well capable of making themselves organised making themselves difficult to, to, to break down uh, they've done it before uh, and he could he'll be, he'll be hoping that he can spring a big upset because nobody's expecting too much of Allah tonight and it's a great position uh, to be in, you know. Like we've touched on the, the, the teams that have come out there, so yeah, you, you're going there and you're thinking, this potentially is a is a fantastic opportunity that we might not get for a very very long time. And what you know with 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 Peter Grant is is someone that has huge huge experience and knowledge mm. within the game. So he certainly won't be overawed by that situation. No. It's just about trying to get his players their minds right and making sure mm. they need to be at their very very best we, we yeah. know we know that and if, if if you can do that look I still think it's a tough ask I think Hibs will be far too strong but it's a game of football and anything can happen and at this current moment you're still in with a shout I had to help you earlier on with how many times you've won the Scottish Cup I was able to tell you you'd won it four times four so times. You, weren't, you weren't entirely sure what about the League Cup did, did, was it a couple of times I don't Maybe. know. I'm asking you. Uh, you were oh, playing, I presume. Oh, gonna, I, I had them. I think there was a League Cup once, and I'm not sure the the, the score. Neil, I, I tell you why I remember it, because we ended up winning it, uh, and I come off and I had an absolute torrid night. It was when Neil McCann was at Hearts, and he was absolutely flying. Um, I'd taken uh, a yellow card early on in the in the game. I started off in midfield, and then got shifted out to the right fullback position. And we nearly kept getting the ball, and he's running, and he's in, and he's out, and he's in, and he's out. I'm thinking, oh my god! Was it the god. final? Hey? I'm pretty sure it was the final. Yeah. Was it at Celtic Park? Wouldn't have been the one. Celtic Park? No, it was the Scottish Cup final. The Scottish Cup final wasn't it when when Hearts beat Rangers under Jim Jeffries. That was the Scottish Cup final. That was that was a Scottish Cup final. I think yeah. that was two Nin- one. Mm. In 1998. Yeah, I yep. think so. Yeah, I think it so. was a four two Cup final against Hearts at Celtic Park. Rangers won. Gaza got two. McCoy got two. I think. Yeah. Was it, was it, did it end up being 4-2 it might have been you yeah. know what again, my, my, my memory's terrible I, somehow I started off in the middle of the park I ended up at right full back I remember footage seeing Neil McCann coming in and out myself and Charlie Miller who were both <laughs> on yellow cards at the time we're both like like this but um, we ended up getting the result but uh, Neil McCann showed exactly what he could do that night as well 
What you hear in the background is the sound of three people scratching their heads and trying to work out what exactly <laughs> happened during Craig Moore's playing career. What we, what, we, what we do know is that he did win plenty, um, even if the specifics are, have maybe been lost in the mists of time. Uh, we're looking ahead as well, of course, not just to these uh, League Cup quarterfinals and the Scottish Cup final, but what can happen for Rangers at the weekend? The season can get even better for them in their pursuit of the title. And uh, Stephen Gerrard has been, of course, talking today. We heard him earlier uh, on Gerard Houllier uh, and Alfredo Morelos, of course, talking about his value to the team, although he's going to be suspended for these two games upcoming for Rangers, but also raving about the contribution of his right back and his captain. What a goal at Tannenheis on Sunday. Was that uh, possibly the goal of the season? What do you think? Let us know uh, whether you've seen that bettered so far this season. And what about uh, James Tavernier's leadership qualities as well? For sure. Um, there's certainly been big developments in terms of James's leadership. I knew I had to put other leaders around James to, to help him as well and support him because it is a big job and a big role to be the captain of Rangers. But I think having Alan McGregor and, and Conor Goldson, Scott Arfield, Stephen Davis around him, he's got enough experienced partners in the dressing room to lean on. He's took that role on fantastically well and he's growing and getting better all the time. And I think of late his, his form, but also his um, standards on and off the pitch have been absolutely top class. We've said it before about James Tavernier this season. Uh, you don't continue as captain in a Steven Gerrard team unless you are delivering, unless you are doing the business. He certainly is as a leader, as a captain, and certainly as a goal scorer this season. Um, will that be goal of the season, Craig? Do you reckon that that Tavernier free kick at the weekend? Uh, it's got to. It's got to be up there. I mean, it's a decent distance from where he's hit it from uh, to be able to get it up and down like he did. He seemed very happy with himself, eh? so I think I think he feels like it was one of one of his better goals. Um, but you know, his his season has been incredible. Uh, we're, we're not necessarily seeing what he's doing off the field, um, but I trust Stephen Gerrard in exactly what he's saying. But his performances on the field have been incredible. And uh, just to put it into perspective a little bit, with the seventeen goals. That's more than Harry Kane, Son, Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar, Lewandowski, Mbappe. Um, I know Craig just says, but he's playing. He's playing in Scotland, there. Eh? Like that. So not in a bad way. I'm, I'm just saying, if those guys were playing in Scotland, that they would be in 40s and 50s at the start ah, of the but season. They're not, and uh, that's, I think that's. <laughs> and they don't play right back for a right, for, for a right fullback. <laughs> but, but I think that's they probably would if they did play right back. I, I, incredible, you know, his season that that he's having. Um, it's it's been incredible, and like I says, it, it, it's a, a shared responsibility. Which it seems, you know, Stephen Gerrard saying that within the dressing room, that being supported by by good leaders in there, because that that's also important. But you know, Tav, in terms of what he does on that football field, his energy, his desire to to influence a game, I think that that's what people are really buying into. I mean, I think you, I mean you're a former captain, Craig's, but but that that every team wants lots of leaders on the pitch. Mm. Well, he's raised the bar, hasn't he? He's raised the bar with his own individual performances. And I think he drives the team by his performance. You get captains who, you know, who will lead by vocally demanding off people and you can see them and they're pushing people, they're pulling, they're organising, they're continually looking after everyone else and sometimes sacrificing themselves and the team because they're too busy looking after everyone else. He leads by, by his ability to play up and down that touchline, crosses into the box, his recovery runs. Everything he does in the game, his teammates are looking and thinking almost, if he can do it, I can do it. And that's how you inspire. There's different ways to doing it. And I think Stephen Gerrard touched on it by surrounding himself by maybe more vocal people like Alan McGregor, Stephen Davis, who've got vast experience, who've won trophies. And that's what you have to remember. We spoke about it last week. He hasn't won any trophies as a Rangers captain. 
So to still have that drive and that energy is yeah. still a big push. He'll be desperate to you know, get his hands on a trophy and get it up in the air to say, I'm now a proper Rangers captain. But at 29 years of age, you know, I know the AGM today, they were talking about having to sell players and the finances of the club. His reputation is high. Very and I'm sure there's plenty of people down south looking up and thinking, he could do a job for my mm. team. Somewhere yep. in the mid-range of, of, of English Premier League teams who would pay a lot more money but Rangers will. But ultimately, he's here at the minute, he's doing well, he's scoring goals and the, uh, his profile has just grown. Let's switch from Rangers to Celtic and welcome Regan to the show. Hi, Regan. Oh, hi, how are you doing? Very well, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, what would you I like to say? A, uh, uh, it was just a question to Stephen because he's worked with David Tumble. Mm-hmm. It was just... It's just to see how far he thinks David Thimble will make it in football. Do you think he can play in the Premier League and play for Scotland? How far does he think David Thimble can go from working with him? Mm, good question, Regan. Uh, definitely, I, I think at some stage he will represent Scotland. There's no doubt about it. And the one thing I like about David Turnbull is that he his natural instincts are just to play with the ball or to get on the ball and and and, and you know attack people, have shots. And from when he was under, I, ha, I had him at 16 at Motherwell. So from un, Motherwell under 20s, the Motherwell first team, the Celtic first team, his instincts are still the same. Mm. He still wants to receive the ball in the half turn. He still wants to play forward. He still wants to take men on. He still wants to create. He hasn't changed his game. Sometimes when people get older and they go up the levels, mm. it affects them. They start trying to adapt their game and they go a little bit hiding. But it's just natural to him to take part in the game. It's natural for him to have the ball at his feet and then and to demand off people. Now I said when he first went to Celtic that I felt the Celtic players would be surprised at how good he is or the mm-hmm. talent that he has. Mm-hmm. And Neil Lennon, paraphrasing Neil after the weekend, said something like, we knew David was a good player, but he's actually surprised as how good he is. And I had a little wry smile on my face because I've been waiting for that comment since the day that he joined Celtic yeah, yeah. because he was streets and head and shoulders above anyone that I've ever worked with as a young kid and watched them coming through. And you, you know, I think you mentioned Craig about having shots from distance. That was the one thing that probably eventually got him into the Motherwell side at the time when he did. He probably should have been in before that, but there was there was reasons for it. But he shoots and he scores goals from distance. And Motherwell at that time didn't have a goal scoring midfield yeah. pit, had no shots at all. And I think he maybe had four or five shots on Saturday. So he will get sorry Sunday. He will get better and better because he's not fitness wise where he wants to be because the tempo of the game is faster. But once he really gets up on top of his game, Regan, you're right. I think he'll play for Celtic for many years and he will be a Scottish a Scottish international. And I guess Craig, what a lot of uh, Celtic fans are asking at the moment the the aftermath of the Scotland Under Twenty One scenario mm. w- was obvious why why he wasn't involved, but but why he hasn't been more involved than he's been until now. Well, from what I've seen, uh, and obviously not got the background, uh, Craig's that you've had with the lad, um, but very impressive. I mean, what what I love about uh, Turnbull is he continually asks questions of his opponent, and and for me in a positive sense. So he's always he's always looking to try and create little things. He's always trying to be positive and play the ball forward. Uh, I mean, you're talking about uh, execution and and shooting from distance and all that sort of stuff in the four or five shots of the weekend. He hits the target. Yeah. So if he's not scoring goals, he's hitting the target. So if any younger player coming through and all that, it's not about you know the shot. It's execution, testing, hitting the target. Because the more times you're going to hit the target, the more goals you're going to score. Uh, and I just love the way that he just come in and man, just, he just wants to play. Just looks at yeah. again, young kid, no fear. I just want to play football. Yeah. And I, th- I think for Odds and Edouard as well, that, 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 it looks as if those two could very much be on the same wavelength. He could be a real bonus for for Odds and Edouard and how he links with them. Well, first of all, the link starts from Callum McGregor because even against Lille last Thursday, when he's getting the possession of the ball, he's looking between the lines and David's there. So he's giving the ball to David, which means then he can turn and can feed the, 
you know, Edward and, and El Yunusi. So the link up play is going even deeper than just Turnbull to to uh, Edward. You know, having that pass, you know, we used to laugh at Motherwell and say that we needed David as a number six so we could pass to David as a number eight. We needed him to do both effectively, you know, because yeah. he could see the pass and he could also have the shot and also have the, the little incisive pass at the end when it's really needed. So he's. Um, what I was getting, maybe getting at there was I wonder if he could be the spark to bring back the real Hudson Edward for Celtic. Well, he will. I think he'll play a part in it, but ultimately, Odson Edward has to play a big part as well. Yeah. You know, his body language, we have to say, hasn't been what it used to be. You know, he hasn't been making the... People say, you know, he's been making the same runs. I don't think he has. Maybe that's because he knows the ball's not coming, so he doesn't make them. But sometimes you still have to force people. You know, sometimes you have to make uh, unselfish runs to create space for other people. But David will eventually get that link-up play. And I just hope come Sunday, he's the one player that isn't left out. Mm. You know, Neil Lennon's been, you know, yeah. banging the door or, or banging the drum for him, saying he's been doing really well. And that's what I was, the point was making to Andy Walker earlier, that this could be the making of likes of David. Turnbull yeah. and Sorrow getting to play in a cup final win a cup final for Celtic and then realise this is what it's all about and they could grow from there but I guess it's back to your question at the very beginning Rob in terms of why why I don't know enough uh, Craigs but I mean in terms of have you have you heard anything in terms of how he's been training and all that sort of stuff or has it just been a matter of timing for the no, time, timing for no. him it's just like obviously he does well in the training field it's just been patient having to wait for that opportunity by the yeah. sounds of it yeah I don't know why mm-hmm. because certainly if he's reproducing what he's doing now then you think you should have been in earlier. Regan, thank you very much for your question. This is the Go Radio football show and we still have 15 minutes more chat to come. Cup football very much in the spotlight this week. Scottish Cup final at the weekend. That's on Sunday at Hamden. No fans there. Um, not sure we're ready for that, but we're going to have to be five days before Christmas. Uh, and silverware silverware will be won for, from last season, of course. Bang up to date uh, tonight and tomorrow with this season's uh, League Cup quarterfinals. It's Dunfermline and St. Johnston. And it's Alawa against Hibs tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, Livingston against Ross County. St. Mirren against Rangers. Could Steven Gerrard's side be taking another step towards a domestic treble in the course of the season? Well, if they do win tomorrow night, they will have to do so without Alfredo Morelos, who will begin a two-game ban. That was accepted by Rangers today on the back of uh, violent conduct. That was the, the ruling at Tanadice on Sunday. He was yellow carded at the time, but retrospectively now, he's been given a two-match ban and Rangers have accepted that punishment in the course of the goal radio football show let's talk to Nathan who's a Rangers fan hi Nathan hi there what do, what do you reckon about uh, the punishment for Morelos uh, to be honest the punishment itself if it was given at the time it wouldn't have been an issue my issue is the fact that it's been seen at the time and it's then been dealt with after uh, but you look at for example uh, Edwards um, earlier on the season against Morelos there was no punishment given there my, my main issue was the Porteous challenge that was made against Hibbs uh, when Porteous has clearly elbowed him in the face. It was seen by the referee at the time, yellow card given. No great respect of punishment from that. Um, it just feels like we're ref, refereeing games these days when it comes to comes to Rangers. We're, try, we're trying to find things wrong, um, especially when it comes to Alfredo Morelos. But when you say it was seen on Sunday, well, the the severity of it, I guess, wasn't seen on Sunday because that it was the reason it was he was cited was because it was upgraded, wasn't it, to to, to violent conduct, and and that's that's why the punishment has has been uh, dished out. I mean, you're, you're so you're talking about 
uh, inconsistencies then, Nathan. But when you look at what Alfredo Morales did on Sunday, would you agree that that was a, a red card offence? I know. I look at it and I go, it probably was a red card offence. But the fact was that the referee seen it at the time, and it was that was the referee's decision there, there and then. It was a yellow card. Um, you look at. I'm going back to the one against Brian uh, Porteous against Hibs. Mm-hmm. That was a red card offence. It was given as a yellow card at the time, but it's not been upgraded to it. It's not been cited. So it, my my issue is the inconsistencies that comes yeah. to the governing body, mm. um, and that that just cannot really go on. We cannot we cannot just be um, re refereeing certain games, but not. I just it's a case of we're picking on certain players um, and certain incidents are getting more media coverage and other incidents, um, and it's just got to be a bit of consistency. I think the only way we can really get that consistency is maybe if we full time referees sort of thing. But it's funny, sorry Nathan, just jump in, just to pick up on your last point when you said about full-time referees. The referee had said on Sunday that he, that from where he was, he didn't see, I'm guessing he didn't see the second movement off Morales' arm. So whether he's full-time or part-time, he still would have been in the same position. So it's nothing to do, I think it's the compliance officer, which is the issue. You know, if the compliance officer is issuing out uh, sightings to players and not the others then that's where the frustration kicks in but I'd have no doubt they will have looked at the Ryan Porteous incident they will have looked at the laws of the game that state about the arm and the elbow and you know the the, the um, you know how deliberate it is is it a weapon they will have looked at every single wording of that and they must have realised or must have came to the decision that the Ryan Porteous one wasn't yet this one is I don't think they've looked at it and thought well that's Alfredo Morelos and that's Alfredo Morelos so we're going to punish for one and not for the other I'd, I'd be very surprised if that's how they work it out Who excuse my ignorance but who is actually uh, is it an independent process in terms of making the, these decisions when, when an incident is, is reviewed for example like this particular situation who, who's reviewing that and then making decisions on that well, it's the, it's the, compliance, the compliance officer, officer, isn't it? Initially, she's who, asked to look at it. Yeah, who looks at it? And that, I'm not. I think anyone can put it forward to her. You know, any club can put it forward and say, "Can you have a look at that? Can okay. you have a look at that?" And then she has a look at it with an independent party on, and and which of which one there's a, maybe one or two referees involved. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have a look at it. They go through the letter of the yeah. law and they come to the conclusion of whether they think it's deliberate or whether it's not. Or right. in this incident, yeah, you know, I mean, do they think yeah, it's yeah. deliberate? I, or I mean, not? I can understand the the, the frustration from from Nathan. Uh, and probably a lot of people it's look it's the inconsistency yeah but Craig's as you touched on earlier on in the show it's like when we we're talking about this particular incident and, and looking at it I felt uh, that it was was a red card and unfortunately the you know you're going back to the the Porteous one uh, against against Morelos back then yeah that, that could have easily been a red card as well um they 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 that didn't go down that path and they didn't get that situation but this particular Situation, kind of. I, I don't look that far back. You got to look at this one and say, you know what, on the merits and what you're seeing, it was a red card. Yeah. Um, mistakes have been made, but you can't then make decisions based on what's kind of happened before. I don't think. And, and had we been living in the the world of VAR, as English football is, of course, that would have been sorted immediately mm. within seconds when the referee had to look at the monitor on the touchline. Yeah, it would have been. You know, but listen, we don't have VAR, but we still, you know, Thank expect. God. Yeah, but we still expect you know, our officials to be competent in these decisions because, you know, we said Stephen McLean couldn't see it, but the fourth official must see it. Yeah, That's yeah. on his side of the There's play. There's still accountability there. You know, you know and, and players, when they make mistakes, don't play. Yep. So when officials make mistakes, do they get the chance to referee? 
And I'm not saying I you know, want guys losing jobs, but players do. Yeah, that, yeah. And that's what happens. Uh, that, uh, and it has to work both ways. And this is a good, this, this it's a really good point, Craig, because it's, it's, it's about uh, accountability. Yeah. Right? So when people make mistakes, whether it's players, coaches lose their jobs and all that sort of stuff, there's been a mistake. Take ownership of that mistake, the officials that, that were involved in that game. And for me, I think that needs to be communicated as well because when it's not and it's kind of you know those kind of scenarios that, that happen and then you don't hear anything about it in the media it's kind of people get annoyed and get really really frustrated to say why 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 like I think you can just come out get in front of it and say uh, mistake was made and for example one or two games such and such won't be involved in any 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 uh, professional games whatever like there's got to be something yeah if you again it's accountability and for me it's so important in football well what I would say is on the basis of it <laughs> The referees, you know, it actually may have done Rangers a favour. I know this sounds really they've strange. They've good business in terms but of But they've won the game and they've had 11 men. They miss Morelos for two games. They get the three points and they can move on. Do you know what I mean? If yeah. he'd been sent off yeah, yeah. down to 10 men, Dundee United could have got a draw. Dundee United could have won the game. And suddenly, yeah. you know, Rangers are in a really awkward situation when Morelos quite clearly should have been sent and, off. And you know, two, so two games in three, four days as well. Exactly. So, you know, by by what, by Saturday at five o'clock, he can play again. Yeah. So, so Nathan, no Morellas tomorrow night in Paisley uh, against St Mirren. Um, what, what do you think Stephen Gerrard will ring the changes again from the, the team that started at Tannadice? I, I think I think there's, there was a few tired legs on Sunday, as you, as you could maybe see. Um, I wouldn't say it was the best performance you've had, but it was more of a... I, I think there was a bit of tired legs within that team. So I'd like to see the likes of Patterson um, come back in uh, maybe get Defoe, uh, Defoe and Eaton even, uh, put Eaton out, out in the right and put Defoe up top, just something a wee bit like, just to freshen up a wee bit, because we are getting into a bit of a tough schedule now, I think it's now is it five games up until the Old Firm on the 2nd of January, so yeah. there is a lot of there is a lot of game time there for players if they need it, if they want it, um, but you've, as you say, you've, you've, got, like, you've got to pitch for that jersey, um, it's not a case of they're just going to make changes for the sake of making changes. You've got to kind of earn yeah. the chance to get in that, to get in, that, in a general side, I suppose. Are you thinking differently now about Cedric Eaton off the back of his performance in Poland? Uh, with Cedric Eaton, I've always I've always thought he's he's kind of he, with, with Eaton. I think it's, the more game time he gets, the better he'll get. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think he's going to be the next Morelos. I think that's quite clear. Um, but I do think that the more game time Eaton gets, the better he will get. But I think in his defence, up until now, he's been playing wide right of front three. We watched him against Falkirk playing there, Rob. Yeah. You know, isn't very often he's had that long spell from the start of playing as a centre forward. Yeah. And he looks more natural playing he as does. a centre forward rather than being out wide right and trying to come and play as a second centre forward. He looks better being that number nine up against people. You know, even through one on one in Poland, people thought. You know what's he going to do? How's he going to find a way through? He just move the ball a yard and put it in the top corner, and everybody thought, "Oh, you know that's not what people expected from him." Yeah. So I think the more game time he gets as a number nine playing on his own as a centre forward, I think he'll grow. Nathan, thanks for your call. Good to hear from you. Yeah, perfect. And all, all the best to you. I just want to touch, and all we've got time for is a touch before we go on what Stuart Robertson uh, was saying today at the Rangers AGM, talking about the the trading model uh, and how um, players would would have to be moving on. Maybe, maybe one player, two mm-hmm. players come the end of the season, um, which I guess is what Celtic have done pretty successfully in recent years as well. Very. very. Very successful. Well, look, it's it's part of football business. We, we all know how, how big a year this year is. Rangers, um, yeah, it's important that they, they sell players at the right time and get the, the right price. 
there, there's a list of players that are worth uh, you know good yeah. good value with massive this. massive yeah, assets in that team now very much so um, I'm not sure the 200 million Dave King said but they're certainly worth <laughs> well, a lot more uh, than yeah, what they yeah. first joined yeah, the club yeah, yeah. you know that's yeah. the main of the club bring players in enhance their reputations make them better sell them on for a profit and that's all we've got time for thanks to Craig and thanks to Stephen Craigan as well we're back tomorrow night Paul is back with Barry Ferguson and the Scotland women's manager Shelley Kerr it should be a good one between 5 and 7 tomorrow night from all of us tonight have a good one the Bull Radio Football Show let's go